I started throwing a baseball when I was about five years old. And I played competitive baseball from the time I was about seven years old until I was 25 years old. That's all the way through Little League and Pony League and Babe Ruth League and uh, American Legion Baseball, high school baseball, and college baseball. And I even played one summer of semi-professional baseball. And I was a pitcher. And I learned some of the most important lessons about life through the things I did wrong playing baseball. The best game I ever pitched in college, uh, I was playing one year at uh, North Texas State, now the University of North Texas, and we were playing, I think it was TCU, Texas Christian. And I pitched the best game I ever threw in my life. We lost the game because we had a horrible team. <laughs> but I pitched a great game. And I think I gave up a couple of runs, and uh, I even made the newspaper. They wrote about me, this picture for this school that was horrible. <laughs> the team was horrible. You know, Texas Christian University is always ranked among the best in the nation. And I was so proud of that. It stayed in my mind, and I focused on it, and I dreamed about it, and it was important to me to remember all the details, and I loved talking about it. And then four days later, we drove out to Abilene, Texas to play Abilene Christian, and I was the pitcher. I didn't even make it out of the first inning. I gave up several home runs in the first inning. <laughs> And by the time my manager, came, the coach, came out to take me out of the game, all I could think of to say to him was, what took you so long? <laughs> my mind wasn't there. My mind was four days before thinking about the great game I pitched. I was focusing on the wrong thing in the wrong direction, and I was not prepared at all at all for what I was supposed to do. One of the big lessons Jesus told to his and taught to his apostles was to focus on him. The apostles, as we know from Scripture, had a difficult time. How they were so excited that when Jesus sent them out two by two, even the demons were subject to them in his name. And they were proud when they went back. And Jesus said, don't be proud of the, that. Be proud that your names are written in the book of life. And we know that on a couple of occasions, the apostles argued among themselves about which of them was the greatest apostle even at the Last Supper, right there at the holy table, arguing, according to Luke chapter 24, arguing about which one of them was the greatest of the apostles. That's likely what prompted Jesus to get up from the table and wash their feet. They were focusing on the wrong things. And 
we have just come through the great 40 days after the resurrection. The 40-day period of time where Jesus in his resurrected body appeared over and over and over to his apostles, to his closest friends, to his family members. And according to St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, he appeared to 500 people at one time in his resurrected body. That 40-day period where we're told in our first lesson today, Jesus taught them about the kingdom of God. Wow, how I wish I could have been in that class. You talk about a graduate course in the kingdom being taught by the king himself in his resurrected body. 40 days. And on the 40th day, we pick up the story in Acts chapter 1, he ascended into heaven. But not before they had to relearn the lesson again about focusing their minds and their eyes and their hearts on their mission, on what we've been placed here to do, what they were placed here to do. Uh, and I'm so grateful for St. Luke, the first historian of the church. In his gospel, he begins by telling that he is writing an orderly account Many people have tried to write about the events of Jesus, but he took it upon himself to write an orderly account, and this is the second installment of his gospel, the Acts of the Apostles, written to the same person, Theophilus. And he says, in my first volume, I wrote about all that Jesus said and did up to the time of his resurrection. And then as he was preparing to ascend into heaven on the 40th day, he met with his apostles and he told them that in a little while he would be leaving them and that he would be returning to the Father and that they were to wait in Jerusalem, not do anything until they were clothed with power from on high. Jesus said, this is what I told you. John baptized with water. But in a little while, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they were to wait and watch and pray for that to happen. Wait behind. And the apostles, having heard that, said, okay, Lord, is now the time you're going to restore the kingdom? Is now the time you're going to do this? They were looking to the future. Way away. It's now the time. Because they wanted to sit around him at his table of glory in heaven. James and John even had their mother go to Jesus and say, let my son sit at your right and your left hand in your kingdom. So they were looking to the future of glory. Jesus had just told them to watch and wait and pray. But now's the time. Is now it's going to happen? Is this? They were, they were focusing in the wrong direction, worrying about their own in the kingdom after Jesus had told them to wait to be clothed with power upon high. Well, Jesus answered them in a pretty harsh way. Basically, he told them, it's none of your business. Now, he didn't use those words, but he said, that's not for you to know. That's reserved for the Father alone. You do what I have told you to do, to be prepared, 
to watch, to wait, and be clothed with power. And it's at that that he's taken up into heaven. He ascends. You can only imagine how overwhelming that was after having seen over three years period of time overwhelming things that Jesus did. And he's going up and he ascends out of their sight and they're standing there staring up in the sky focusing and two angels, men of Jerusalem, why are you staring up into the sky? Don't you know that this same Jesus who ascended will return as he said? Reminder to focus on the mission, to focus on him. And so we have that trouble too. We tend to let our minds focus on things that have already happened so much so that we don't recognize what's going on in front of us. Or our minds focus on things that haven't happened yet and we worry about them and we're not focusing on what's right in front of us. Now, early in my priestly ministry, I was a high school chaplain and uh, lived on campus with about 400 boarding students. And I had a little apartment at the end of the ninth grade boys' dorm. Wow. Ninth grade boys. And I was assigned to make sure they were doing their studies from 7.30 to 9.30 every night. Of course, they couldn't have televisions. They couldn't have radios. This was back in the early 80s. They had to study. And when I'd walk in the room, I would see one of them reading a comic book. And they did have headphones. I could use headphones. And they were listening to music and staring out the window. And I routinely asked, where are your minds right now? Uh, what? Where are your minds? Uh, what's that comic book you're reading? You thinking about that? Don't you have a chemistry test in the morning? I don't know. Doing multiple things and not focusing on the most important thing. Uh, we do that. It's called multitasking. And I've come to believe over far too many years of studying psychology that uh, it's really, multitasking is just another word for failing to pay attention. You do multiple things at the same time. We do it all the time. People say their prayers in their cars when they're driving, listening to music. Where are your minds when you do that? I had to haul myself up short several years ago. I pray the rosary when I drive in Houston. You have to. We need help. And the people around us need help. We need to be interceding for them. And I realized that I was listening to talk radio when I was praying the rosary. And I said, Steve, where's your mind? Turned it off. We need, we must in order to do what the Lord has called us to do, focus on him. Focus our minds on Jesus. There's a wonderful hymn that was going through my song, my, my mind today. It was written by uh, a woman by the name of uh, Helen Howarth Limmel. She wrote this hymn in 1922. She was English. She had gone through a series of, born in 1868, wrote over 500 hymns in her life. 
this one is called Turn Your Eyes Unto Jesus. Now, she had just gone through, as she wrote that hymn, some personal tragedies in her life. Her husband had left her after she had become blind and lost the ability to see. Uh, and it was as a blind person that she wrote the words, Turn your eyes unto Jesus. Look into his glorious face. And the world will grow strangely dim as you gaze into the glory of his face. When we gaze and focus on him, the things around us that draw our attention grow suddenly dim because he is why we're here. He is the reason. He has called us to be his people. He has given us his, his power, his, his compassion, his love, his forgiveness, so that we're able to do what he has called us to do. And what is it he has called us to do? To make a positive difference in the world for him by sharing the gifts he has given to us. The love he has poured on us, we are to share with others. The joy he has given to us, we are to share with others. The peace that he has given us in our hearts, we are to share those with others. The love, joy, peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control, the courage, the compassion, the mercy he has poured on us. We are to receive those with great joy and then share them with others. It's in the sharing of his gifts with others that we change the world one person at a time, starting with ourselves. But we have to make sure that our minds are focused on him, that we're not staring up into the sky waiting, that we're not thinking about a baseball game that happened four days ago and still patting ourselves on the back. Look upon him. Think about him. Read his word. Connect with him in your hearts and let him empower you to do the love that he has given you to share in the world today. We go out from here today into the world as his missionaries to make a positive difference in a world that is still mesmerized by darkness and anger and violence. But we don't focus on that. That's looking in the wrong place. We focus on him and share him with those around us.